You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What is going on, you guys? Hope you are doing well. We are continuing on in our series, Threads. And over the last month, we've been looking at Empires, Kingdoms, and Realms as kind of a sub-series to our year-long series, Threads. And this is the last week we're going to be there. And we are talking about Kingdoms kingdoms um the bible from start to finish is in one way or another talking about kingdoms on a historical level but and we can think of the kingdom of israel babylon persia rome greece whatever it may be but always intertwined in that is the kingdom the kingdom of god and this week i want to pose a question and then have us spend some the short amount of time that we have together uh, trying to answer that question beyond that my hope is that we take the question home with us that uh, we take it to work with us, we take it into our relationships with us. And the question that I want to pose is this, is whose kingdom are we trying to build? Whose kingdom are we trying to build? I know that that can kind of come off as a vague question, but when we step back and we take time to look at it, I think it challenges us in a lot of different ways. If you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, then this dialogue can serve as an opportunity for you to maybe sit back and observe the dialogue of followers of Jesus. Because As followers of Jesus, this should take up some permanent residence in us, and it should probably cause a little bit of internal conflict in us that that as we go throughout our lives, we're asking ourselves the question, whose kingdom am I trying to build? Because as followers of Jesus in 2022, we have to be mindful of the fact that there are going to be decisions made in every facet of our lives that will build kingdoms. We'll either be laying bricks on the kingdom of God, or we'll be laying bricks on our own personal kingdom trying to build that up. So the tension is found on whether we are trying to build up our own kingdom or we are trying to build up the kingdom of God. And as we have this conversation, I think that there's really only one place for us to start, and that's in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also for also have forgiven our debtors and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The first point this week is start with a humble declaration. I think our humanity makes the pursuit of the kingdom of heaven complicated. When in all reality, it isn't really that complicated at all. It's all about the posture we take before the Lord. So as broken vessels, We have to start with a willingness to understand that if a perfect Jesus could posture himself in a way that he prays with humility, we better do that too. That we would have a posture of humility, that we would make a humble declaration. I think one of the beautiful things about the timing of the Lord's Prayer is that it's towards the beginning of Jesus's ministry as he's telling the disciples to pray this way, right? This is Matthew chapter six. This is a little little bit after he starts his ministry. He calls the disciples into ministry with him. And then he says, when you pray, pray this way. This is Matthew chapter six. And and it's it's towards the beginning of his three-year ministry on earth. And so he, what he's doing is he's setting an expectation for both himself and for the disciples moving forward. And he would say that this isn't about us. This isn't about our will. This is about the Father's will. This isn't about us. This is about him and his will being done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's rooted in a posture of submission. But 
in that posture of submission, it's creating a position of spiritual strength. And I don't think that that could be more prominently displayed than in the garden, Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 42. So he lays out this expectation in Matthew chapter 6, 20, 20 chapters later, and what is three years later of ministry, we find Jesus in the garden of the Gethsemane right before the death of uh, his death on the cross. So as we we have Easter, as, as I'm recording this, um, and as we post this, this is Holy Week. This is the week between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. We're only a couple of days away from Good Friday. So, so we find Jesus in this place. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Then he came to the disciples. He found them sleeping. He asked Peter, so you couldn't stay awake with me one hour. Stay awake and pray so that you won't be ever, uh, you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. So twice, yet not as I will, but as you will, and your will be done. This is hearkening back to, to Matthew chapter six, your will, your will be done, your kingdom come. See, Jesus created a habit of praying for God's will to be done so that when God's will was the cross, he was strengthened to do just that. I think what we need to decide is to be people who who pray for God's will and God's kingdom over our own on a daily basis because it helps us make the right call in the small things and it prepares us to make the same call in the big things. That we can't just be people who say, yeah, yeah, Jesus, like your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done when it's small, insignificant things that don't cause me pain. Your kingdom come, your will be done when it's not an inconvenience. Your kingdom come, your will be done when it's not going to create a little bit of relational tension. Your kingdom come, your will be done, but but only when it's not going to make me unpopular. That That cannot be our posture. Our posture is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven every day. Every day in my relationships, in my vocation, in, in my spiritual life, Jesus, like your, your will be done, your kingdom come. Unfortunately, the harsh reality is that our humanity will, will be at war with that posture. Our flesh will be at war with that posture. That even as Jesus is speaking in Matthew chapter 26 to the disciples, and he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our spirit is willing to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. But our humanity fights it every step of the way. Our flesh pushes us to build up our own kingdom and, and to build our kingdom over the kingdom of God. Our flesh pushes us to follow our own path and, and pursue our own desires. And that can show up in so many different ways. But if we make a conscious choice to start in humility and make that humble declaration and, and create a posture that, that, that just screams, Lord, no, I want to I want to step before you humbly, Jesus, and I want to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. If we do that, it will be easier to walk out our daily lives in that said humility. Would we model ourselves after Jesus and say, even in even in those moments where we're like, Lord, I don't want to do this. Like if it 
if it's possible, would you let this cup pass from me? Would you let this tragedy pass from me? Would you, would you let this, this circumstance pass from me? But, but your will, not mine, not as I will, but as you will, your kingdom come, your will be done. See, when we don't start there and we pursue the construction of our own kingdom, ugly things tend to happen. A lot of us have experience with that. There are so many different ways that personal kingdom building can present itself, and we do not have time to walk through every one of them, but but there are a couple that came to mind, and the first one would be this, personal platform, personal platform. When you hear the word, when we all hear the word influencer, we all have something different come to mind. There are 10 million voices that we hear every day, but for each of us, there are some people that are louder than others, for good or bad, that there are, there are voices that are influencing our lives. And that's true of pretty much any arena that we look at. It could be fitness and health, it could be money, it could be music, athletics, productivity, or definitely our faith. We have people that we gravitate towards. We, we want to listen to their voice. Their voice is loud and is influencing us on a regular basis. But this brings us to a couple other questions. I'm going to ask them back to back. The first one is this, is who am I listening to? And the second one is this, is who am I trying to get to listen to me? I have to be completely candid and say, as a pastor, this shows up all the time, especially in 2022. I get caught up listening to pastors that I admire more than actually list that I get caught up listening to pastors that I admire more than actually listening to the voice of God. And, and they're not, they're, they're pastors that, that deserve to be admired, like great communicators, great pastors. There's definitely been people that I've admired that, that have come out and shown their humanity um and they have done terrible things and and it's a reminder to me of like wow like i should not be trying to be more like them i should be trying to be more like jesus because because the the flip side of admiring human beings is that our flesh will take us down a road of wondering how we become them instead of how we become jesus and we're not trying to become anybody else we're trying to become the best version of ourselves in pursuit of jesus and what he has called us to be this isn't just a pastor thing or a church thing. This is a life thing. But when we when we give our attention to people with platforms, I think we have to to weigh that the why. Like, why am I giving them my time? Why am I giving them my attention? Why am I listening to the words that they are speaking? Is there something that they model that pushes us closer to Jesus and closer to the kingdom of God? If the answer is yes, then fantastic. Like, follow. Like, if they're out in front and they're following Jesus, like you're following them because as you follow them, you're you are in turn following Jesus. Like, there's good there. But let's take a look at the why behind our t- time investment. Because if people aren't pushing us closer to Jesus, they're trying to build their own platform, not Jesus's platform. We need to be wary of that. And and if the things that they are telling us to do are causing us to build our own kingdom not God's kingdom, then we need to ask ourselves, look, why am I giving them so much time and attention? Then as we answer the second question, who am I trying to get to listen to me? Would we look at that and weigh that as well? That the, the weight of the why is very important. It is, is it because we believe that we have to, something to say that gets people closer to Jesus? Or is it because it will lead to more recognition for ourselves and it will allow us to build our own kingdom, our own personal platform? Why do we want people to listen to us in the first place. And I, and I think it's important that, that we understand that recognition in and of itself isn't a bad thing. Sometimes God gives us recognition in seasons of our lives and gives us a platform to speak into the lives of people because it is furthering the kingdom of God. It is bringing hope and grace and mercy and love and all of those things and the message of Jesus in really incredible ways. God has platformed people throughout history to have significant impact. But if, if as we are receiving recognition 
we can't answer this question well, then I think we're in trouble. And this is the question is, as I am receiving recognition, are people recognizing Jesus? As I am receiving recognition, are people recognizing Jesus in me? Because platform has been a problem since the early church. Like this is this has been a, a, a problem within ministries and, and it's showing in the church today and it's showing in, in every arena. But I just want to look at how it's presented itself in church. And I think one of the most important passages for us to remember is found in 1 Corinthians. As Paul, the Paul, right? Rock star Paul, Paul of the Bible, you know, he had a huge platform. He's speaking to the church in Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 11, this is Paul speaking. He says, For my part, brothers and sisters, I was unable to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready because you are still worldly. Paul was never one to like parse words. like He was straightforward. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? And then he says this, for whenever someone says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not acting like mere humans? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role of the Lord that the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to their labor, for we are God's co-workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Like This is him saying, like, you are God's kingdom. According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder. He wanted to make it like, yeah, like I'm good at what I do. Like I am a skilled master builder. God has equipped me with gifts and abilities and all these things. You are, you are a foundation as a, and I have, that I've built as a, a skilled master builder and another builds on it. Talking about Apollos, but each one is to be careful how he builds on it for no one can lay any foundation other than what has already been laid down, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, I'm not here to be platformed. I'm not here to tell you how amazing I am by myself. What I'm telling you is the only way that I'm able to do anything that I do is by building on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. So even in the pursuit of people saying, I want Paul or I want Apollos, this is Paul saying, no, you should want Jesus This isn't about him building his own personal kingdom. This is about him building the kingdom of God. Humans have always wanted a figurehead to follow. And Paul made it clear who that figurehead should be. That that even 2,000 years later, we have people who would say, yeah, I go to this person's church. I go to this person's church. I go to this person. No, we go to the church, a church that helps us be more like Jesus, that pushes us towards being the collective movement of Christ that is trying to, to make heaven crowded. We're not into trying to to platform people. We're we're into trying to platform Jesus, but our humanity fights that. And often we, we want to attach our faith to a human being instead of attaching it to the one who created the human being in the first place. Paul had a lot to bring to the table, but he knew it was all for nothing without Jesus. It was all for nothing without what Jesus had already done. Would we understand that same truth? The last thing I want to look at is how the wrong kingdom orientation can present it present itself and this is how it presents itself in the division of community and when i say division of community that encompasses a lot but i want to focus in on our church communities 
when we're trying to build our own kingdom, often we elevate our own collective kingdom over the kingdom, the collective kingdom of somebody else. Like, no, my church is better than your church because we do it this way and you do it that way. And it's this just super messy thing. But this is the outcome when we focus on the building more than the builder. And this is the outcome when we focus on preference instead of the people that this is my preference of worship, my preference of communication, my preference of small groups, my preference of whatever. This is what I prefer. And it's, it, we don't stop there. Our humanity doesn't allow us to just say, no, like I enjoy this. We say, I enjoy this because that's dumb. Or, I enjoy this because it's better than that. Or I hate that. So I'm going to settle for this. Like our humanity creates these super fragmented, messy divisions. Instead of just saying like, are you about Jesus? I'm about Jesus too. Like, I don't care what denomination you're a part of. I don't care what church you go to. Are you, are you trying to win people for Jesus? Me too. Awesome. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. Like, let's go. Let's move this forward. Too often we get caught up on secondary or tertiary things that that are not central to the gospel. And and it's something that I think that we have to make a commitment to is pe- being people who will refuse, who are stubbornly, stubbornly opposed to losing relationship over things that don't matter. You can, you can have your convictions and you can have your disagreements, but that doesn't mean that you have to lose relationship with people. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul's talking again, this time to the church in Ephesus, and he says this, he did this so he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners. You're no longer foreigners. You're no longer strangers, but fellow citizens. Your fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. That Jesus is the cornerstone of this family. We are family. We are not foreigners and strangers. We are with each other. In him, in him, the whole building, the whole kingdom being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. Together, together, together. Unity, unity, unity. When we focus on Jesus as the cornerstone, the foundation, it brings us back to center. And it did for them, and it should for us 2,000 years later. They were dealing with relational dynamics, cultural dynamics, racial dynamics. There was a ton of things going on. It's not that much different than today. So could we read Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus and say, yeah, we're not foreigners. We're not strangers. We're fellow citizens. We're fellow citizens. We are are people who who are not part of the kingdom of this world but or kingdoms of our own creating, but the kingdom of God. And in him, we are being built together for God's dwelling. That's so important that we understand that. See, when we focus on building God's kingdom, we are people-focused, not platform-focused. When we focus on building God's kingdom, we're driven by unity. And when we focus on building God's kingdom, we find strength through a posture of humility. To end this week, I just I want to read the Lord's Prayer over you. So if you, if you can, take a moment, close your eyes. Therefore... She pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Your kingdom come, your will be done. 
Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.